He's the glue and the nails, man, that hold this thing. I mean, he, he's a tireless worker. We have a great time. I tell you, you know, I do the Wednesday night services online. And so Titus is here, man. He's been working all day. And then he shows up, and he's got everything ready to go. And, of course, i got to have it at 72 degrees, praise the Lord. No. <laughs> I'm joking. But Titus is a tireless worker, and uh, he's a blessing, man. I just tell you, him and his wife, Stephanie, and his family, and, of course, his parents are part of this church as well, and extended family. I mean, if we counted everybody out of his uh, little uh, herd of people, we'd probably have about a quarter of the church here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he's a gatherer as well. He's a great leader. Pastor Barb, thank you so much for letting me speak this morning. I uh, Give it up for Pastor Barb. She's our senior pastor. And uh, tireless work that goes on there. You know, she's praying for you when you're asleep, man. You're just, you're gone with Jesus somewhere in, in deep sleep. And this woman is going to be up praying for you. I mean, she hears from God. And I mean, who in here has been touched by, by the, the ministry of, of Pastor Barb, right? I mean, it's just... It's an amazing ministry, and uh, keep her in your prayers, too, and Bishop, Pastor Gloria, you know, my spiritual parents, too. Pastor Barbara and I are brothers and sisters in the spirit, praise the Lord. I got adopted right into that family, I don't know, 30 years ago, I guess, and I've uh, been part of that family for, for just a long time. Great, great, powerful family. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about in Christ you possess everything. With Christ, you may not, but in Christ, and there's a, there's a difference here, okay, because you, you can confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and, and He'll come into your life, and you know, you'll be eternally bound to Him in heaven and all that kind of thing, but what I want to talk to you about this morning is some, that's probably something most of us in this room have already done. What I want to talk to you about this morning is in Christ, you possess everything that pertains to the life, that pertains to godliness, that pertains to everything. And what I really want you to do is, is really just kind of tune into the Spirit this morning because you may not have heard about this before. You may not have understood this before. But there's a walk in Christ where there's nothing missing and nothing broken, where you're being led by the Spirit of God, not by your reasoning mind or your nature of yourself and what you want and how you want it and the whole thing, you know. And, and God's just over here going, but, man, I got this incredible plan. It's not just for the corporate world, but it's for you as an individual. And in Christ... And, and trust me, everybody in this room has the ability to hear the voice of God. You, shouldn't, you don't need any permission for that. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Like, like you in your car or in your house or, or wherever you're going, you're at the grocery store, the Spirit of God is always speaking. And what you really got to start to do is prepare your listening ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, not only corporately to the church, but to you as an individual. And the more you'll hear that voice, the more you'll start to understand, whoa, there's a destiny for me. There, there's a vision that God has for me. And I'll tell you, you're not going to get there by your reasoning mind. I can, I can assure you of that. 
So let's see what Jesus has to say here. In Matthew 19, 21, it says, Jesus said, these are the red words now, praise the Lord, you got to pay attention. If you want to be perfect, if you want to have everything, go and sell all your possessions, give your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. And I think in the body of Christ, we kind of got that flipped around a little bit. And listen, I'm not talking about going and selling all your stuff. and get, No, no, no. I'm talking about give God everything that, that you have. Everything. Because the moment you do that, you're now walking in Christ rather than with Christ. In the Old Testament, they walked with Christ. You always see God, or, or with God, I should say. It was always with God, with God, with God. Then Jesus came and he did the Gospels and the whole thing. And then he died and was resurrected. And from that moment on, it was God in mankind. And so he's no longer just with you. He's in you. And you are in him. And so what we have to begin to realize is, is that if we want to be perfect, if we want things to be perfect in our lives, then we've got to be willing to make the choice to give God all of our life. Most of the Christians that I know, they give them a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little dash of this. Listen, we're not baking a cake. We're here to realize what happened on the cross. Okay? And what happened on the cross was God gave His Son to die as a perfect human being. And because of that perfection, the Word of God actually says that Christ came that we might have life so that we can have it more mediocrely. So we can live like all the rest of the people out here. No, he says, I come that you might have life, great, but that you might have life of more abundance in every area of your life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You possess all things in Christ. I see a lot of people with... Egos. I see a lot of people with strong desire. I see lots of people with a lot of you know, work and all of that kind of thing. And listen, we all are that way. That's just the way we are. But I'm here to tell you that if you'll just give your whole life to God and you'll just begin to cast all your cares upon Him, like what about this God and what about that God and what if this doesn't work out and so on and so forth. You see, what I'm talking about this morning will cost you everything. But the hardest way to live your life is to live your life with Christ, not in Christ. It is. It's hard. It's difficult. Man, you're going to have to work for everything you get. And trust me, there's always somebody out there trying to get what you got. Always. I've seen things come in my life, and I've seen things go in my life. But I can tell you this much. The things that God was in, I've never lost a thing. I've never lost. I've never lost. I can tell you there's been times in Jennifer and I's life where, you know, I'd rather be right than, than happy and satisfied with her, right? And I want something in my life, and by God, this is how it's going to be, right? Those things don't work. They don't work. They don't work when she says, I want this and I want that, and I, I'm like, well, I don't know about that, you know. Listen, get on the same page. If you got a spouse, you got a, someone who can give you the power of agreement with the things of God rather than the things you want. 
we don't make any more choices for, for big things. I mean, I praise the Lord, we can go to the grocery store and, you know, buy our things or our own clothes or whatever. But in major decisions, we don't do anything if we're not in agreement. And I'm just telling you, that I know every person in this room, I know that you know the difference between what you're supposed to do, the God thing, and the other thing. I promise you, no matter what you're going to get out of that other thing, ain't going to be satisfied. You ain't, you're going to be looking for something else. You, you, I mean, you're going to get that and oh, buyer's remorse and oh, you're going to get more debt. No, you're going to get more of this and that and the other. Listen, just do it God's way. You don't have, there's nothing missing or broken. It's everything's all taken care of. In fact, it's already laid up for you in heaven. That's what that scripture says. And you will have treasure in heaven. Well, what did Jesus tell us to do? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it... So it's all there. Our job is to say, can I operate in the supernatural to bring the things from heaven through my faith and the finished work of Christ so that there's nothing missing and nothing broken in my life? That's the question. And that's really what we're called to do. We're to build the kingdom of God. Not our bank accounts. Not the number of houses we got. I tell you, most people who go on mission trips, anybody in here ever gone on a mission trip somewhere? Praise the Lord. I see some hands. I promise you, the people that you're going there to minister to who have nothing in many cases are probably happier than the people that are there ministering to them. The lessons come as the minister to go, oh, my goodness, this person has to walk five miles each way to get a bucket of water. And they're smiling. It ain't about the stuff. It's about possessing all things through your faith in Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously, that's his whole life, that's everything, will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. You have to decide. You're the limiter. You're the one that says, well, you know, God, now's not the right time for this or that or the other. And Man, you know in your heart that you should do the right thing, and, and you're reasoning with your mind. That's what he's talking about. You must decide in your heart how much you're going to give of yourself. And don't give of yourself reluctantly. And don't just do it when you're under pressure. Praise the Lord. That's what I see everybody. Oh, Lord Jesus, please. Oh, my goodness. I give you my whole life. You just get me out of this one more time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know you can do it. Oh, you've done it for me before. And they'll start their stomping and they'll start their dancing and they'll start praising the Lord and they'll start going to church everywhere and talking about Jesus. And God meets their need. Praise the Lord. But if you're not careful, you'll go back. You just go back. Why go back this time? Why go back? It says, for God loves a person who gives of themselves with cheer, cheerfully. And God will generously provide everything you need. Everything. Then you will always have, how often? Always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. 
as the scripture says. And, and listen, I don't have anything to tell you. If, if, if you hear me talking, just listen to the word. Don't, you don't have to take my commentary or any of that other stuff. You don't have to do any of that. I, on purpose, make sure I got lots of scripture when I come up here. Isn't that right, April? Oh, April's not here today to pick on, but she picks on me for that. But here, the scripture says, They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be uh, remembered how often? Forever. Now listen, when they're talking about poor, listen, this scripture I just read is written to the poor. You got to hear this. It's not poor in what I got in my hand. It's poor in what I got in my heart. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I, I could live in a hut out in the middle of the jungle as long as I know Jesus, and I'm going to have a pep in my step, a glide in my stride. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting all my needs in accordance with your wondrous riches and glory found only in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I have dominion, power, authority, abundance in every area of my life. Take everything I got, and I'll just go get a fold-up table. No, I will. I'll get a fold-up table, and I'll put it out here on the corner, and I'll just start talking to people about Jesus again. Listen, we're so worried about all the stuff that the world is, is so focused on, and we're all trying to figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. It says right here, if you'll just do it God's way, you'll have everything you need every time, all the time, and, and, and never run out. You'll have so much that you'll have more than enough to give to everybody else. I was thinking of this the other night. You know, we had a great time at the men's meeting. And I was thinking, I was sitting there, and I don't even know why, you know, pop, things just pop in your head every once in a while. And I'm sitting there going, I wonder how many men in this room that if I went to them and said, hey, at the next men's meeting, I want you to go and buy all the food to give to all the men that we fed that night. Some of y'all would go, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? You want me to go and get enough food for 50 men and feed them? You know how hungry a man is? But that should not be. I'm just saying, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be where you're at and all of that. You're all on your walk and your journey with Christ. But what I'm saying is, is like, wow, you know, I'm at, I, you almost wish, it, like, well, Jesus knows. So, like, you know in your heart. Like, don't raise your hand. Please do not raise your hand. But how many people in here could say they gave $1,000? How many people in here could say they gave a car away? How many people in here could say that they gave a house away? How many people in this room could say they gave $20,000, $50,000, $100,000? I'm just saying, and it's not about the money, and it's not about the stuff, but I'm saying that there should be more than enough. The church shouldn't be operating on fumes at the end of every single month. Shouldn't be. And so what does that tell you? What does that tell me? It means that I have, to, I have to find God's will for my life. Because the moment I find God's will for my life, I'm going to say no to everything else, say no to the devil, slam that door, and just begin to walk in the goodness and the favor and the blessing and the increase of God. I promise you if it's God's vision for your life, it's heavenly provision and will be there to meet every step, every, every need that you're ever going to have. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble. It doesn't mean you're not going to be scooping that last little bit out of the bottom of that barrel. But praise the Lord, I still got something. I still have something in my cup. See, they can steal your stuff, but they can't steal your faith. They can't steal your mindset. They can't steal any of that stuff. And greater is he that's in you than the devil that's in this world. 
Hallelujah. I'm just getting started. Verse 10. For God is the one, the only one. And you've got to grab a hold of that. You're not good enough. Listen, if you're good enough, you don't need Christ. You don't. Just do it yourself. But I'm talking about a supernatural realm that you can operate in, and God is in control of it. For God is the one who provides seed to you, the farmer, and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. Where? In here. In here. Now it comes down to choosing now, right? Am I going to choose what's in here? Or am I going to choose what's out there? I'll tell you, I could sign something. I could sign something that's so serious that, I mean, they send armies after you to come get your stuff. And listen, I could sign that doggone thing, and I'll tell you, if the Spirit of the Lord told me to get out of that thing, that deal, that situation, that business, that whatever, I would stop immediately, and I would let that group or that person know, you do not have dominion over me and my life. Some of you need to hear that. You get so focused on what the world expects. Listen, has anybody ever let you down before? Promise you they have. And what are we supposed to do? Forgive. Forgive. There's a tremendous revelation in the idea that you owe nothing to anyone. I mean, in debt up to your eyeballs, you owe nothing to anyone but to love them. And they owe you nothing back but to love you back. That's generosity. It's generous. It says in verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every single way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the, uh, of, of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Someone needs to lead the way in giving of their life. All of us do. Because if those two things happened out of the generosity of you giving your life to Christ, no longer me who lives, but the Christ that lives inside of me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and all those empowerment scriptures, praise the Lord. It's about time that I, I stepped out by faith and I held my own ground in Christ and began to test to see, can the word sustain me? And it will. It will. But there's no quit of being in Christ. Once you're in, you're in. You're in. And so the crux of this message is, I'm glad you're walking with Christ, but now I want you walking in Him. And I want to see everybody in here have everything that the Word of God says right here. I'm not making this up. I didn't write this. This part of the word is as true as any other part that you're going to claim in your life. And you might as well get it all. Get it all. And it's, you think, well, that's selfish. Not when I'm generous. 
Not, not when I hear the Spirit of the Lord. Not when it says, hey, do this or do that. And I'm just simply being obedient to what God wants me to do, even when I have other desires to do something else, to quit, to give up, to, to go back to the way things were, and all that kind of thing. The hardest way to live your life is outside of Christ. It's just hard. Man, you're going to be beating your head against every wall there ever was trying to figure this thing out. Yet God has it all figured out. You just got to do it His way, amen? I love this in verse 13. As a result of your ministry, giving your life to Christ is your ministry. And it's going to be different for you to do that than it is for me to do that. And we got different circumstances and backgrounds and cultures and all kinds of things. But as a result of your ministry, you don't have to hold a microphone. You don't have to stand on a stage. You don't have to do any of that stuff. My ministry is giving my life to Christ, figuring out what His will is for my life, and just saying no to everything else. That's my ministry. Because I can't, I can't have a ministry in my life, I'm just doing it my own way. I can call it a ministry. I can say it's a ministry. But there's still something I know in my heart that's wrong about it. It's not authentic. And I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing than actually declare the situation as the failure that it is and release myself from it and just go and do what God called me to do. It's so simple. It's so simple. I asked everybody, everybody in this room, I know. You know the difference between what God is telling you to do and what you're doing. You know the difference. Mm. All right. So it says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. It's all good news. If you got bad news in your life right now, look at your life. Ask yourself, is this something I should keep doing? Or is there something else that God has for me? It's time to get our faith stirred up again. It's time to listen to the voice of God again and say no to everything else and yes to everything that God has for you. It says, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for me to explain. 2 Corinthians 6, 6 through 10. We, we prove ourselves by our purity. Purity just means I choose righteousness every step of the way. Our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. So you're never going to begin to understand the importance of God's will for your life unless you're willing to go through it and you're willing to gain the understanding that would not otherwise be possible without that ministry of giving your life. You'll never truly understand what it means to be patient and to wait upon the Lord. And he will renew your strength. And you'll mount up with wings as eagles. See, I don't think about it the way I used to because I've actually been there. And I've actually had to trust God to go, like, man, I know you're somewhere. And I know you're working on something. But I can't see it right now. You'll learn what it means to be kind. 
It's a big deal. Sometimes we're not very kind because we want what we want. We want to push the blame on someone else rather than taking personal responsibility for giving my life to Christ. Sincere love. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And there's no condemnation in this message whatsoever. It's complete empowerment. But the empowerment is your choice to make. To say, you know what? It's time for me to hear the voice of God and to begin to follow that plan with the same sense of urgency that I do just to get up to do with the plan that I've got for myself right now that ain't even working. And learn to love. Learn to love the ministry that you possess by doing that. Jesus fell down after being beaten and everything else. He's carrying his cross through the, through the streets and they're spitting at him and throwing things at him and doing all kinds of, of, of things. He's exhausted. And he falls to the ground. Falls to the ground. And do you know what his next action was? It says that he cleaved to the cross. Cleaved to it. This is my, this is my destiny. This is what, I'm, what it's all about. I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And this is the same man that had to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and just basically wring his body out. He was under so much pressure, so much uh, anguish, and all the things that he was dealing with. He somehow went from that to embracing a cross with the last bit of energy that he had and wouldn't let anybody else carry the cross the rest of the way. You know, when I think of all of you in this church, there are things that I do that most of you wouldn't think would be ordinary for people that I don't know a whole lot about. I'm willing to go through any amount of pain or discomfort I'm willing to change the direction of my life based on the will of God for my life rather than what I'd like to do. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't it have been nice to sleep in this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just lay there in bed. Hallelujah. Me and Jesus. Imagine, and I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm just a regular, regular person. That's it. I wonder what would happen if all of us regular people just started to put others first in our lives and, and, and we, we just heard the voice of God and just accepted the simplicity of that and just worked that. You'd see such a transformation in the body of Christ. I mean, I, I could be up here or Pastor Barb or, or anyone else could be up here. Uh, Alex could be up here. The band could be up here and all of a sudden just the power of God just starts to go. I mean, just goes. It's, it's great that we're clapping our hands and we're doing all of our stuff, but I'm talking about a whole nother level of, 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 of how God actually can work and demonstrate himself in a service like these things. The, the, this is the heart of a pastor. This is like, man, I can't wait for the day I could just set this microphone down and just let God just have, you know, you see what I mean? Like, just let it happen. Yeah, 
And we have services like that here. But I mean, like, I just love to see that happen in every service. You know, revival just start breaking out and God doing what only God can do. But here, here's what I'd like to say real quick. None of that gets to happen if we don't accept our assignments from God and do what we're called to do, to build it up to that point. You know, you, you could go and you could, you could think of all the great, powerful man of, men of God that healed the sick and did all these kinds of things. That does not get to exist without the church doing their part, you as the church doing your part to build that thing up to where God is, I mean, just starts to pour himself out. Well, we got to awaken right now. We got to awaken that goes, man, I, I've been a little lazy, or I, 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 I know that there's some things that God wants me to do in my life, but I'm not, you know, really willing to do those kinds of things. And boy, that'd be really uncomfortable to have to call my brother and tell my brother that I'm sorry and that I love him and that I forgive him. And somehow that, because you knew that's what God wanted you to do, all of a sudden all of this starts to happen in your life. It's a choice. It really is. I'm going to skip over the rest. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 3, 7. It says, if I gave everything I have to the poor. This is talking to the poor guy. I'm telling you. It's, it's talking to me. It's talking to you. It's talking to the guy who's living under the bridge. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body... I, I could boast about that. But if I didn't love them, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's never jealous or boastful or has a motivation of pride or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. Hallelujah. It keeps no record of the disease. It keeps no record of the broken relationship. It, it, it keeps no record of poverty. It keeps no record of all, all of that stuff that we're still trying to fight our way out of. There's no record in love of the divorce, the bankruptcy, the loss of the job or the business, there's no record. It has been erased. And yet many of us as Christians are still living from when that happened and we're making choices in the moment that we're in right now based on what happened then. And yet the Bible says there's no record of these kinds of things in love. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins. And listen, oh man, wish I had like two more hours. But the truth needs to win in your life. It has to win, which means I have to see what it says, and I have to operate as if that's true. Even when it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, even when it's the hardest thing I could ever imagine doing, because if the truth does not win, you don't get free. And if you don't get free, you have to continue to live in this vicious cycle over and over and over again. And yet God has already made the way. The truth will prevail if you'll have the faith to receive it and to do it. 
And the truth is not only what it says in the Word of God, the truth is what God will speak to you about the Word of God. And you got to honor those things. you got to let that truth win in your life. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every single circumstance. But Pastor Paul, you don't understand my situation. No, it endures. Love never fails. God is love. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. You operate by love through faith because sometimes in the back of your head you're going, this don't make sense. But I'm going to operate in love. John 12, 3 through 8. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made an essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it by wiping his feet with her hair. Here's what I know about the container. Once it's cracked, you can't put it back together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's cracked. It's cracked. There ain't no going back now. And, and that's where I believe we as believers need to get to. It's, it's like I can't go back to the way things were. It, it's time to crack this thing right now. And it says the house was filled with the fragrance. Your heart is that house. But Judas, oh yeah, he, you know, he's the one that would soon betray him. And he says, hey man, we could have sold that. Man, we could have given it to the poor. What, what's going on here? And it wasn't even because he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Hear this. There's revelation here. Don't be stealing on the side to get your little thing. Just, just don't anymore. It's causing you harm and pain and, and, and all that stuff. You, you just, just leave that stuff alone. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. That's how I know that these scriptures are written for the poor man, the rich man, and every person in between. Got two closing scriptures. I got a few minutes. Oh, we got about a minute here. Matthew 5, 1 through 10. One day, uh, as he saw crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them, and he taught them the Beatitudes. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He's saying if you'll do this, if you'll do these things, you will have the equity of all of the things that I promise you. Closing scripture. See it at every football game. Well, we don't anymore. Praise the Lord. 
I am hungering and thirsting for normal. Praise the Lord. Anyway, John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave the only one he had, his son, so that everyone who believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. That is the truth. And as successful as God was in doing that is as, is as successful as you will become if you do the will of your Father. It's all there. It's all there. Everybody bow your head this morning. I want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to come back to Christ. I want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to just get on track with the will of God in their lives. So let's say this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, come live in me. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Show me your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart, just slip your hand up and say, hey, that's me. It's just between you and God. Hallelujah. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that one. I see it. I see it. Go ahead and put your hands down, eyes open, looking around. Doesn't matter what Pastor Paul saw. It matter what Jesus saw. Choose him. Choose life. And choose life more abundantly. Let's all walk, welcome Pastor Barb.